Theology of the Body Institute. This is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Welcome back to the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Co-hosted by... Wendy West, here I am, and in our family we now call this not the podcast, but the Codpast, because I accidentally <laughs> said it that way the first time we were recording, right. just became the new name, the code name for podcasting is, is Codpasting. Codpasting. So here we are, and um, we have a special focus for this episode and our next episode. It's going to be on pilgrimages, because we are preparing for some pilgrimages. We are going, the Theology of the Body Institute hosts pilgrimages every year and it's been for the last five years I think we've been doing it it has been a tremendous way of really diving deeply into this great gift of John Paul II in some holy places around the world the upcoming trips that institute is planning actually two one to Mexico City that's in October of 2019, October 18th to the 23rd. And we'll celebrate the feast day of St. John Paul II, which oh. is October 22nd, Excellent. there in Mexico City at the Basilica where John Paul II himself was on at least two occasions, I'm pretty sure. And in Mexico City is where we can see the tilma with the That's image right. of Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's right, and which is very significant for the theology of the body. Mm. And if you don't know why... We'll put this in the show notes, but I did a little mini course on Our Lady of Guadalupe that you can find on YouTube, mm-hmm. four short videos that will open your eyes to the tilma and how it reveals the theology of the body. But if, there's nothing like being there yourself and seeing it. And then four months later in February of 2020, February 15th to the 25th. We're going to the Holy Land. And I don't know, what does that have to do with the um, theology of the body? I don't know. <laughs> We'll it's figure kind of, something kind of out. where theology took on a body. Oh, good point, good point. Okay, yeah. well, we had a kind of a little pilgrimage experience yesterday. Not, not entirely as holy as these, but we, <laughs> we did go to an old historic church in Philadelphia, we Sacred did. Heart Church in South Philadelphia, and participated in their parish festival there and enjoyed the beautiful old church and the culture there. Um, but, and just happens to be... yeah. Sacred Heart in South Philly just happens to be near Pat's and Gino's, the two most famous cheesesteak yeah, places so in all of Philadelphia. For some people, that would be considered a pilgrimage. That's a pilgrimage. I it mean, is a pilgrimage kind of for a lots of people, actually. a sacred experience of food. Yeah. Um, and I had never and been. And for Rocky fans, because, like me, I'm a huge mm-hmm. Rocky fan. Mm-hmm. Rocky won. There's a little scene filmed there at Pat's right Cheesesteaks. And now there's a plaque in the ground yeah. that says, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone stood here in November of 1976 for the filming of that scene. So I actually had my first Pat's and Gino's. We did the taste test where you get one from each and... And have them both at the same meal. And I was very surprised because I we were discussing beforehand, do we get this cheesesteak with cheese whiz that's on it? That's the Philly thing. That's what that's the way they serve it, but yeah. it doesn't it it's didn't not sound very appealing very good, right? at, at first glance. And you can get it with provolone cheese. So we were kind of thinking mm, maybe we should go for the provolone that just sounds better. But we ended up getting one with cheese whiz, and this was so surprising to me. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> It was really good with the cheese was it kind of the cheese was and the onion juices and the beef juices all kind of mixed together on that sandwich and yeah. made something really special. I said they, they had a special mystical baby in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So the next time you're in Philly, 
Yep. Make your ways, make your ways, make your way. To Sacred Heart Church. To Sacred Heart Church <laughs> in, South in South Philly. Gorgeous old historic church. Yep. And then go from there, just a few blocks away. Yeah. To Pat's and Gino's. Exactly. You won't regret it. So let me start. We have questions actually from... From Pil- previous pilgrims, pilgrims who've, who've been gone, on our yes. pilgrimages. We have been, let me see if I can remember. We've been to Poland. We've been to Ireland. We've been to Mexico already. And am I missing any place? Italy. Oh, of course. <laughs> How did I forget that one? Oh, Italy was awesome. I couldn't believe in Italy I had the chance to give a talk on John Paul II's Theology of the Body in the Sistine Chapel just to our pilgrims. It was it was pretty amazing, okay. I have to say. Pretty astounding. Now, here's a question, an anonymous question from a pilgrim. Given your extensive travel over the years, do you have any tips for overcoming jet lag? Oh, gosh. Well, tips for overcoming jet lag. I, I, no, I don't have any tips. <laughs> I was just, afraid that was going to be yeah, your answer. It's just, you just, your body just has to deal with it. I mean, when you're flying... To Europe from America, just prepare to stay up all night and not get much sleep and then crash the first night and then you'll you'll kind of sort of kind of be caught up the next day mm-hmm. if you're going that direction. Coming back the other way is easier. Okay. Um, but n- gosh. My I've, advice to you that I, observing you over the years yeah. is... To try just to receive sleep when you can sleep, if possible. Like sometimes I think trying to think through, well, if I sleep now, will that make me awake at a bad time? Or I think sometimes from my perspective, it seems like your body just needs to recover from the lack of sleep and it's okay. I've tried a lot of things over the years, like mm-hmm. like sleeping pills. Remember that? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I remember it was Archbishop Shapu who recommended yes. you, you were going to Australia with him. I was going to him. Australia with him, and he said, here, take these sleeping pills, yes. the Ambien, right. which just knock you out. Yeah. But you don't realize it comes on you kind of quick. So I was taking these sleeping pills. I was in Rome, and I didn't even have a cell phone, or I didn't have a cell phone that worked in Europe. I guess that was it. It was the early 2000s. I was in Rome, yep. and I took one of these sleeping pills, and there was a phone in my hotel in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and I called you from that phone after I took the sleeping pill. Right, and I did have a cell phone, so I was in the grocery store. Right. You were in the grocery store. In I'm on the toilet, sitting on a toilet, <laughs> talking on the phone in my bathroom, in my Rome hotel room, right. and the next thing I know... I wake up about six hours later with my head against the sink. Poor guy. In the bathroom and the phone dangling. <laughs> and I had but, been talking with you, and I, I remember kind of waiting for a response to something and hearing nothing, and then I was going, Christopher? Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> Christopher? <laughs> so watch it. If you take Ambien or any you know, strong sleeping aid in your attempts for, for, to co- overcome jet lag, yeah. Prepare thyself. Those drugs can be powerful. Yeah. Okay, next question is from Megan, who asks, do you have any recommendations with Theology of the Body for a couple that is dating? She says, I'm currently dating a Christian non-Catholic, and he's super interested in Theology of the Body, trying to find out how we can bring that into the conversation now while living a pure and loving relationship. Yeah, bring it into the conversation is is a great start, but not just the conversation. It 
it's something that should become part of the very fabric of the way you see your relationship, the way you see the world, the way you see one another, the way you see your bodies. It's kind of like a silly analogy I often use. If you eat a lot of garlic, it like comes out your pores, you know, mm. just that's what this has to become. It's not an idea to just study. It's a way of seeing the world. It's a way of seeing mm-hmm. our humanity. It's a way of seeing relationships and living relationships. Just yesterday at, at Mass, someone stood up and was sharing, inviting people in the parish to take a Life in the Spirit seminar mm-hmm. at our parish. And I really like what she said. She said, taking this Life in the Spirit seminar, it taught me about, uh, what did she say? Laundry so, in the Spirit. Laundry in the Spirit, right. And Housework in the housework Spirit. Housework in the Spirit, doing dishes in the Spirit, driving the kids to school in the Spirit, doing everything in the Spirit. And that's what Theology of the Body is a call to, really and truly at the center of the theology of the body. And John Paul II makes this explicit in the catechesis, is the call to live the life of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Christian life is. So what I'm resisting here is this idea that we got to sprinkle in a little theology of the body to our relationship. That That's treating it as kind of an abstract thing rather than recognizing it as a lived reality of our Christian lives. that What is life in the Spirit? Life in the Spirit means opening our humanity to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit so that what we are doing in our humanity becomes a real expression of divine life, of divine love. Now, John Paul II then extends that to the marital relationship, and he speaks of a marital spirituality. What is a marital spirituality? If, you know, when Paul says live by the spirit, not by the flesh, he's not saying reject your body. He's saying open your body to the indwelling of the spirit. Same in marriage. When we become one body as a husband and a wife, we are meant to open the one body we become to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's living the theology of the body. So in your dating relationship, How do you begin to do this? Well, we share our real, raw, beautiful, and broken humanity with one another. Mm -hmm. That's one place to start, where we are really opening who we are, what we are, what our dreams are, what our hopes are, what our wounds are. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I think the way we approach dating is rather than being preparation for marriage, it's often preparation for for divorce because we we start wearing a lot of masks we start putting masks on mm. and taking them off can be very very scary we have this idea and i know i have suffered from it in a very deep way in my life that if my masks came off i would be considered unlovable and the journey of our relationship if i don't want to reduce it just to one thing because it's so many things but One major aspect of our life together has been my learning to take my masks off. And mine. And yeah, together Mm -hmm. we've had to learn this and still Mm -hmm. have to learn this. Mm -hmm. Theology of the body is not just a, a teaching, but it's a way of learning how to reverse that original effect of sin. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Right? They were hiding themselves from God and they were hiding themselves from one another. Mm-hmm. And living the theology of the body in any relationship 
really takes us on a journey of reversing that fear. And only perfect love can cast out that fear so that we can get to a place of saying, I was at peace because I knew you loved me, so I exposed myself. And I I know both of us in many ways in our dating and engagement, we were making ourselves vulnerable in many ways, Mm -hmm. but we were also uh, afraid and hiding. And Mm -hmm. there's something about the lifelong journey of marriage that if you're really on it, it's going to show you those ways that you hide. I think it's also beautiful that your non-Catholic but Christian man that you're dating is is super open, interested and, and open. Willing, yeah. I think that's a great sign. That's a great sign. You know, Christopher and I share some examples from our relationship. And I think each relationship also to own it yourself and let the Lord shine light on aspects of theology of the body and how they apply to your unique relationship and rejoice that it's not a matter of matching your relationship to mine and Christopher's, but your unique gift to one another, to the Lord, is to be you and allow this teaching that's so life-giving and eye-opening to shine in your unique hearts. Amen. Amen. Uh, If I could sum up what I was trying to say, because I think I, I went all over the place there, but here's a nugget to take away. My encouragement, my invitation to any dating couple out there, if you're really trying to discern, are we meant to marry, would be this. Take the time and have the courage to get spiritually naked with one another. Keyword, spiritually naked with one another. (laughs) (laughs) Keyword spiritually. Keyword spiritually. And by that I mean take the risk of removing those masks, those things we hide behind. If he knew this or if she knew this, he would never or she would never want to stay with me. Those are the things that we we really need to have the courage to be who we are with one another. And and we you don't do that all at once. No. Um, you you take a step in that direction. I remember when we were doing this in in our we were falling in love over the telephone, and I remember there was this one thing from my life that I was so ashamed of and had hidden for years and years and years, and I had only talked to a confessor about it and a spiritual director, and and I I just knew I needed to share this with you, mm. and I remember sharing it with you. I remember feeling incredibly vulnerable. And I remember your response was so tender, and it was that was a huge step in my realizing. Oh my gosh, I can I can I can spend the rest of my life with this woman. Mm. She knows me and she loves me. Mm. That's great. So be not afraid to be vulnerable with one another. That's what theology, of the body, really helps us to do. Mm-hmm. I have a question here from Barbara, and she's sharing a story specifically from a pilgrimage. I know Barbara. I know which pilgrimage she's been on. (laughs) God bless you, Barbara. You Actually, you've been on a couple. Yep, that's right. She said, while climbing up the Pyramid of the Sun during the 2016 Mexico pilgrimage, I remember trying to picture the atrocities of human sacrifice Mm. that took place there. It seems so unbelievable that a culture could embrace such evil. And so amazing that Mary, Our Lady of Guadalupe, was able to redeem that culture and convert millions of Aztecs to Catholicism. I was filled with hope that our current culture of death could also be redeemed. Do you think that is a false hope? No, 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 bless you, Barbara. 
Bless you, Barbara. Bless you, Barbara. Here's my invitation to you, Barbara. Stay in that hope. And even as I say it, Barbara, I have an image of you on the top of that pyramid with the wind blowing through your hair and you just kind of basking in that hope. Stay in that posture. The enemy wants to rob us of our hope. The enemy wants to tell us that there are things that are unredeemable. This is a lie. This is the power of the gospel. Every horror, every hell, every injustice can and somehow will be righted, will be redeemed. This is our hope. And this is why that image on the tilma converted something like 9 million Aztecs into the Catholic faith in a matter of like 15 years, Mm. Uh, right as about the same number of people were leaving the church in Europe because of the Reformation. There were about that number, 9 million or so, coming into the church in Mexico because of the hope of saving them from that culture of death. And if you want to learn more again about the symbols of that tilma, you can watch that little mini course we'll have in the show notes, the links. But also, if you really want to get into this hope, this is what this pilgrimage is all about. And you can check out tobpilgrimages.com, tobpilgrimages.com to learn more. If you are out there thinking, how could this culture of death possibly be transformed into a culture of life? Well, consider coming with us when we dive mm. in together to how the culture of death 500 years ago became a culture of life through the gift of what Mary brought to them. And what did she bring? She brought Christ. That's what she always does. She brings Christ. I have um, a few shorter questions yeah. that we were going to try closing out the show with some that some questions that could be Great. answered more quickly. Let's so do it. These are all from our listeners. And I have one from Brian who asks, where can I purchase the show's theme song by Mike Mangione? Ah, Mike Mangione. He's dearly beloved at Theology of the Body Institute. He has been sharing the gift of his music for years. And you can learn more. Uh, We'll put this in the show notes, of course, but you can go to MikeMangione.com. And that song is, what is that song? Lay down. Lay down, young lady. Come marry me. Yeah, the song is laid down, and you can find you can Google it. You can you can find it on YouTube. You can just go to Mike Mangi Mike That's M I K E M A N G I O N E. Okay. Next com. quick question is from Mary Pat, who asks, "I'm drawn to theology of the body. I just watched your 15 minute interview about this called Cry of the Heart. Your ending comments were something like, "This will change your life. This will rock your world." I think this is something I'm ready to dive into. Can you direct me on how to start? How to start. Let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) It's a very good place to start. So I would suggest probably Theology of the Body for Beginners would be a great place to start. And we'll put the link in the show notes. You can get that book for free if you're willing to pay the shipping. If you want to go even back further to like the prequel, prequel, it sounded like NyQuil, like I have a coughing, sniffling, aching head, stuffy head, fever, whatever, so you can rest. <laughs> Solution. <laughs> what was your, what, what, was what I did I trying you mean to, to say? say? The prequel. Prequel, not prequel. Prequel, the prequel. <laughs> the prequel to Theology of the Body for Beginners is my book, Fill These Hearts, 
We'll have all that in the show notes too. Those would be two great places to start. Mm-hmm. Philly's Hearts or Theology yes. of the Body for Beginners. The last is actually kind of a comment from a listener named Michael who says, I'm wondering if you've ever visited the Martin Guitar Museum in Nazareth, PA. Actually, okay, that part is a question. I it? have. Okay. It was in like 1981. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. No wonder I or didn't know it, about I don't know it. if it was the museum, but we went to the factory. Okay. Well, he says he highly recommends it. And while you're in Nazareth, check out the cheese store. It's called Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, come on. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we began talking about cheese steaks and the Sacred Heart. Hey, there you go. Right? In South Philly. It's and all now we're together. ending with Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. <laughs> hey, speaking of cheese and Jesus. Yeah. I think I've talked about this before. I, I think that might be why he's telling you about oh, it. Oh, because of the cooked yeah. episode? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Probably is. Yeah, but watch episode four of Cooked on Netflix, on Netflix yeah. to meet the mystic cheese nun <laughs> who sees Jesus in Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know, She's encountered Jesus, I actually. I just pronounced it that way for fun. I oh, mean, it's really? called it's not... Cheeses of Nazareth, but I just oh, kind of thought it would oh, you, sound oh, good okay. like that. So. It did sound better that All way. All right, thanks. But she brings up an awesome point. It's for real. Yeah. That if the word is made flesh, really and truly, it doesn't mean, and this is basic foundational Catholic theology, not just some stupid kind of weird thing I'm saying, but if if the word became flesh, if that's real, then all of creation has been touched by the incarnation, which means we can encounter Jesus in cheese. It's real. Mm. I try to explain that to people and they look at me like I'm weird. I think we've talked about this before <laughs> on a podcast, but anyway. So I think that's that's our show for today. That's our show for today. Hey, guys, we would love to have you join us on one or more of our upcoming pilgrimages. Again, we are going to Mexico City October 18th to the 23rd of 2019. We'll celebrate John Paul II's feast day there together. And then we are going to the Holy Land, to the very place of the Word made flesh, February 15th to the 25th of 2020. It will be a once-in-a-lifetime event. It'll rock your world. It'll change your life. Take that to prayer. If you're meant to come with us, the Lord will open the doors, and we would love to have you. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of taken this on as a way of kind of uh, ending our show that, as John Paul II says, we are a gift, but we must become what you are. What we are. God bless you guys. Christopher West comes to you from the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione and production by Sounder and Key. Christopher and Wendy hope the information presented is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you're going through serious difficulty, you can find a list of trusted counselors and psychologists in the show notes. And that song is, what is that song? Yeah, uh, what song do we have there? Oh, I'm forgetting the title. Dang it. Um, oh, Lay Down.